Hey, happy Monday. I am so excited to be here with you all. This is She Got Faith, Lily, your self-love advocate, the founder and host of Healing She Got Faith and the Healing She Got Faith radio talk show. Yes, how is everybody doing? I hope that you are doing well. I'm super excited because today is March 14th, which if you're from St. Louis, it is our very own national holiday, 314 day. I know nationally it's known as Pi Day, but in St. Louis, we have named this as our national holiday. So today is a pretty big day, pretty exciting day. We will definitely be celebrating 314 Day throughout this episode. I'm super, super excited about that as well as we're going to continue our series. We are now in series four. Can you believe that? That is, I'm just moving along with this show, okay? Can we can we just take a moment to say that? Okay. So yes, we are continuing on talk, discussing social work. So if you missed last episode, you can catch the replay. And I broke down the three sectors of social work for you. So today I'm actually going to be talking about community social work versus clinical, what that looks like, why is it different, how is it different, what the heck does that even mean? As well as you all know it's Women History Month, so we will be celebrating women and just dedicating some time and gratefulness and thankfulness to our lovely, lovely, lovely women, okay? So yes, yeah, I am so excited to be here. So I don't have a deck of cards today, partly because I knew we would be talking about a lot of different things. And sometimes, y'all, sometimes you just don't need it. I mean, just to be completely honest, like sometimes you just have to know your worth. You just have to know that even if you pick a card or you don't pick a card, you are so worthy. And today I just had one of those days. I'm like, you know, you about to be talking a lot. It's you. You don't have a guest. In February, you had a guest every week. You know, let your audience get back to you. Let your audience know who you are. Remind your audience of who their founder is. And so that's what I'm doing today. So I am Lily. I am a macro social worker, community social worker. I, and those are the same thing. Yeah. Um, so you'll hear me intertwine between that. Macro literally just means bigger community. Community means, you know, bigger. <laughs> anyway, so yes, I am Lily. I am your local self-love advocate. I founded Healing She Got Faith in 2019. I became a business in um, 2021, I think. So I started off as a blog, okay? I It was the middle of the pandemic. I was living in New York and, I was, and I've always liked writing. I've always liked blogging. I've had blogs before, um, never just been consistent, but I was very passionate about this. And so I created my own website, went to good old Wix, created my own website. And I literally just started blogging. I started doing YouTubes, not the best at it. If you catch the replays on YouTube, you can still see I'm not the best at it. But one day I'm going to have a team, y'all. One day I'm going to have a whole team. I'm going to have a hairstylist. I'm going to have 
a videographer. I'm going to have a makeup artist. I'm going to have a stylist to get me together. I mean, I'm going to have my nail tech. I'm a, a photographer. I'm, I'm going to have a team, y'all. I'm like speaking into existence because I know that what I bring to the table and I know that I'm very passionate about what I do. And I know my audience knows that and appreciates that and takes it into consideration. So we struggling a little bit right now, y'all, but trust and believe it is not holding us back. It is not stopping anything. We are truly just moving forward and doing what we need to do, okay? So, yeah. Um, so, I started off blogging. I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I honestly was looking for a job in New York. I was really working on my social work license. Um, the LMSW, which is a general license for social workers. And then you can move on to clinical, which we kind of talked about that last week. And we'll definitely um, start talking about, about it this week. Um, so with that being said, I was really focusing on connecting with organizations and really finding uh, positions to work at a nonprofit, to work in corporate. Like, honestly, I was just trying to find a position that would work well with a macro social worker, whether that be a bank, whether that be the Boys and Girls Club, whether that be a children's home, whatever it might be, that is what I was looking for. So I started blogging because while there are mental health resources, they're very hard to get to, especially if you're an adult especially if you're over the age of 18, especially if you're in this weird age gap of 18 between 65. It is extremely hard to find resources. Not impossible, but hard. So with that being said, when my mother passed away, um, myself, my brother, my sister decided we wanted to look into resources. And again, while there were resources, they were not attainable. So what does that mean? Um, we have quite a few grieving organizations in St. Louis where they are phenomenal. They do not cater to adults. We also have some very trauma-informed, very, very good mental facilities. However, they have waiting lists. So when it comes to that, we were adults who were grieving, who were looking for resources. So one of the places that I know and I um, go to a lot of their events, they are a grieving organization for kids it's called Annie's Hope. Phenomenal at what they do. They have a great partnership in the community. They do amazing work. While, I, while we were talking to them, we were just kind of like, yeah, we're looking for like grief groups, therapy. I mean, at this point, we'll take whatever. And they were like, yeah, we don't really have anything for adults. I mean, you can come and use our library. We can refer you. We can do different things. But like right now, there's a waiting list on everything. And right now, we're short-staffed. And it was just a lot. This is actually pre-COVID. So I, I can only imagine what COVID looked like. So we go through that. And I'm honestly like, man, that's, that's actually kind of ridiculous. Not saying anything towards Annie's Hope, but just the amount of, we have the resources, but they're not attainable. There's very limited access to them. And the reality of us having the access to them is kind of slim to none. Okay, cool. 
So at the time, all of us had jobs. We were able to use EAP, which if you don't know what that is, that is um, Employer Assistance Program, EAP. So we were able to do that through EAP. We were able to get therapy. We were able to contact some local counselors. We got the whole family in therapy. Okay, cool. However, as a family, as a unit, we still wanted to. And so I'm a social worker, so I'm like, man, this should not be this hard. Like, it should not be this hard to be able to reach out to people and make things happen. And with that being said, I was actually on the other end. So I'm used to referring people. I'm used to, you know, advocating for people. Well, now it's time to advocate for myself and my family because at the end of the day, that's what we were lacking. And so I was on the other side of it. So, and I talk to social workers all the time. They're like, well, they do exist. You just don't know about it. A lot of the times I do know about it, but these places have limitations. Limitations meaning they only cater to a certain demographic, whether that be veterans, whether that be teen pregnancies, whether that be men, whether that be women, whether that be people 18 and younger. So a lot of these places do exist, but they don't exist for just regular people. There's always limitations to that. So for me, I'm pretty regular. Um, I am 30 years old, single, no kids. I mean, I'm no longer living in poverty. So they're really, when it comes to me on paper, I look fine. So when it comes to finding resources, I'm constantly having to, one, pay out of pocket, and two, I'm constantly getting denied because, again, on paper, I look pretty normal. So I didn't feel that that was fair. And while I do have a master's of social work, I didn't quite want to open my own business. But I was like, let me start this blog and I will definitely see where things go. I at least want like an online platform. I at least want to be able to connect people to things. And it started me on this journey of looking for resources. Like, honestly, seriously, like just going on the Internet, typing in different things, like just figuring out, okay, like, people are telling me these things exist. I haven't yet found them, so let me do my own research. So that's what I started to do. I launched um, the Healing She Got Faith blog in 2020. On uh, my dad's, I think it was his 13th death anniversary, 13th or 14th. I can't really remember. Um, but I did it in honor of my father. So I launched it. I was super excited. And I was like, yeah, like, I'm really about to do this thing. Like, I'm about to hit the ground running with this. So I started blogging. Like I said, I did my website. I did it all by myself. I was super proud. And this wasn't the first time I had built a website. I had built a website prior to this. I wish I would have kept it because it was really nice. But I just redid it with healing. She got faith. So I started blogging. I had blogs every Sunday. And I had videos every Wednesday. And it was just really just really affirmations, like just coming out. I would go on Snapchat. I would go on Instagram stories and literally like just do silly stuff, read cards, um, just really speak life into people and whoever would watch it. I didn't realize I had a fan base until like I low-key disappeared and people were like, oh, you okay? Where you at? Like 
we come on your stories every day to see what you're doing, which was, it was honoring to me because I honestly just started it just because I knew things needed to change. And so that's really how healing, that's really how healing she got faith started was because I just saw a need in the community. So, okay, that was pretty much me reintroducing myself, me reintroducing healing. She got faith. And honestly, I'm at a place right now where I'm just super proud of that. And I'm very passionate about social work. I'm very passionate about being a woman in social work. I'm very passionate about getting light into the social work industry and then also too like I'm just excited today because it's 314 day like if you're not from St. Louis like you don't understand the excitement but like it is a whole vibe today like today um later on today I'm going to a art expo um with people from the community like it's a whole holiday y'all like we have meals we have certain drinks I mean, it's a celebration, so I'm super, super excited. With that being said, we are going to take a break, and when we come back, I'm going to continue to talk to y'all about social work and being a woman and 314 Day. <laughs> Welcome back to the Healing She Got Faith show. It is Lily. I am your self-love advocate, and you are listening to this on Total Entertainment Radio. We are here every Monday at 3 p.m. Central. So if you didn't know, yes, Healing She Got Faith started off as a blog because this grieving social worker was on the other side trying to figure out where the heck are these resources, where are they? My biggest passion was figuring out resources for adults because I oftentimes had seen that we had resources for kids, which don't get me wrong, kids need it. But in my generation and the generation before me, we lacked that sense of resources. Most of us were taught that therapy is like, it was such a taboo. Therapy was wrong. You were crazy. If you went to therapy, you were just not healthy it, we weren't allowed to talk about it. It was embarrassing to our parents. So um, it was one of those things where um, it was one of those things where you really couldn't talk about it. And it, it wasn't comfortable to talk about it. Like therapy was very secretive. As I got into social worker, I learned that like therapy isn't the only resource that exists. There are a lot of different things, which is where social workers come into play. There is a lot of different things that social workers can do, which is phenomenal because, and this is why I want to shed light on the social work industry, because we oftentimes are limited to what people think we are. So like I mentioned in last week's episode, most people come to me and maybe I didn't say that I said it, but maybe I didn't say it like in a personal way, but like most people come to me and are like, how do you do social work? Like, you're writing a book, you got a radio show, you opened a building. Like, that's not social work. Like, how are you able to work for yourself? And that's the thing. You're not educated about social work. You are you don't understand what social work is. Like, social workers are not like teachers where you go to a school and you teach and you can tutor on the side and, you know, you can do other stuff. Social workers have a plethora 
of things that they do. I used to joke about it because when I was working at a nonprofit, my first big girl job out of college, um, we didn't really have money to like hire outside stuff. And so I used to joke like when you're a social worker, you're a graphic designer, you're a parent, you are an advocate, you are a driver, you are a teacher, you're a principal, you're a janitor. So I used to joke about that because a lot of times, especially in the nonprofit industry, if you're working as a social worker, there isn't money to do much else. So I had no choice but to hop on Canva and do some graphic designing, which was absolutely terrible, which is why now your girl does use actual graphic designers because, yeah, no, that's not my calling in life. (laughs) Um, I used to have to make my own flyers. I used to have to, like, go and print stuff myself. So there was always this thing of, like, People don't know what a social worker is. So I actually, my first job was a college and career specialist. So technically wasn't a social worker, but I was hired based off my social work background, if that makes sense. And so with that, because I get bored real easily, like I'm a person that I have to keep going. I'm a person that I have to like, I have to constantly grow in order for me to like not be lazy. So in this position, while I wasn't doing social work, I was doing higher ed um, I utilize a lot of my social work skills. So for me, I'm the type of person, like, if I don't like it, I'm going to just create it. Like, it is what it is. So I was seeing different things. I was coming up with programming. I was coming up with activities for the students. I was calling people. I advocated for, like, the board of the organization I was working for to come out to our end-of-the-year program. And my boss at the time was like, yeah, he had been working there for five years, had never seen a board. Baby, I was calling, emailing. I was calling everybody. And I got five people for the first time in five years to come out to our end of the year program. And I was keeping them updated. I'm like, y'all the board. Like, y'all should be known. Y'all should be meeting these kids. Y'all, you're, you're not the hands to the ground worker, but you should definitely be involved. Like, especially if you're having these monthly meetings, you cannot actively have a monthly meeting as a board member without knowing what's going on. Like, let's get real, y'all. Like, don't don't just be on this board to put on your resume. I'm that type of person. Like, I'm going to advocate because at the end of the day, our kids needed money. We needed money. We were burnt out. And I'm just that person that's like, yeah, I'm not going to hold on that back. I'm going to let you know how it is. It can come off as rough, but at the end of the day, that's advocacy. And so that's another thing. Like, I'm real big on advocacy. Like, giving people a voice that don't feel they have a voice. I'm giving people the the notion to like know that like okay you can't speak up for yourself like I'm definitely gonna speak up for you like I'm definitely gonna have your back in this situation I'm definitely gonna be the loud voice I'm gonna be the troublemaker you know and if whatever happens it's just gonna have to happen and that's just what that is so while I don't do what I would call traditional social work which I mean even that's a term that you might be like "Eh, whatever I am doing everything under my social work umbrella my community social work umbrella everything that I'm doing refers back to my social work background everything that I'm doing comes from my master's of social work and me doing these community programs I specialize in community programming and community development building up the community providing programming I do collect data I do assessments and I do work with people to make them you know to make their community better whether they be grief groups whether that be one-on-one emotional coaching sessions whether that be a book club whether that 
be opening my building for people just to come and chill out. It is a resource to the community that is affordable and it is a resource to the community that allows people to leave their environments and come to a safe space, a confidential space, and a space to help them heal, a space to help them understand where they're at in life, a space to understand like what exactly is going on. On top of you have a professional here, you have access to a community social worker. So if you come in here and you need um, assistance with food. Maybe I don't have food here, but I can call some pantries. I can call, I can refer you out. Maybe you need some business clothes because you're about to do an interview and you just can't afford a nice outfit. I have referrals. I may be able to get you some vouchers. Um, maybe you need assistance with getting your kids into school or finding childcare. I'm able to assist with that. So you have access to a community social worker. My book is all about me telling my personal story but assisting you in you discovering your story. Like my whole purpose of writing my book was so that you could discover your story. It was still all about the community. My office is literally, I envision me having like a lot of community buildings throughout, throughout the city, throughout the nation. This is just the first thing. And honestly, it's not a community center per se, but it's definitely a community office, a play, a, a meet and greet place, and it's definitely a resource to the community. We do, we do, and we will offer a lot of things here. So, just with that being said, no, it doesn't look traditional. But yes, I'm still a social worker. Yes, I'm still a community social worker. Yes, I'm still doing anything. I tell people all the time, um, especially because St. Louis is filled with activists. Like we have some of the best activists ever in this city and if anything was to pop off protest advocacy best believe i'm going to be out there with them which you know which is why i couldn't be tied down to a job because i needed to be in the community when mike brown was murdered i was in cape Girardeau working on my bachelor's of science and while i was doing stuff out there i knew i needed to be back in my city and then we had some other events happened like we literally did like 180 days or maybe it was 90 days of protesting where we literally protested every single day and yeah i was working full-time i was in school full-time that's when i was working on my master's and like just out there i think i also had a part-time job y'all like it was crazy and i was still out there and i was like i cannot be tied down like this is my calling like that's where i'm supposed to be like i need to be out there with people advocating for them making sure people are safe making sure people understand their rights if i if i need to protect people from the police like definitely like that is my calling and that is what i will be doing that is that, that that's what it is so with that being said like i am now at a place to where i do own my own business and i am creating programs and i am doing stuff but if my community needs me i am at access to where I'm able to get out there. I know how to build partnerships. I know how to build a programming. I know how to do things like that. That all falls under the realm of macro social worker, social work. So I hope that makes sense to you all. I'm very passionate about it. I'm very, very well like, look, we need to educate people. We need to get people on the same playing board. It's not what you think. Unfortunately, these systems, the education systems are not teaching us everything that we could be. And a lot of times, like, people don't like social workers. Like, a lot of times, there was a meme going around on social media where it was, a, it was like, two cops and a guy. He was naked, and he, I guess he was throwing, like, poop. 
And like, it was a meme going around like, so social workers tell us what you're going to do. And the thing about it is like, we do, we do deal with that. We deal with those people that you all will call them insane. You all won't recognize that it is a mental disability. I mean, we can look at the young man that was murdered, Elijah, who had a mental disability and he was killed because he had autism. Now, imagine if a social worker would have been with that police officer. But a lot of times, y'all got to understand, police officers are not trained to de-escalate. They are trained to um, arrest and get you off the street. Us social workers are trained to de-escalate a situation. Even in a situation where, like, someone is about to, like, shoot up a school, we are trained to be able to talk to people like that. And I know that's a very sensitive topic because in this country, we've witnessed that one too many times. But in a lot of, even in domestic violence situations, cops are not there to solve the problem. They're there, they're there to make it stop for the moment. Whereas a social worker knows how to work with both the victim and the problem if that makes sense. And that's the thing. Us social workers do not get the credit. We don't get the recognition that we deserve. And a lot of times our industry is looked down upon because we're looked at doing stuff that like, okay, anybody could do that. Like literally as I was getting my social work credentials, like people, like it would be teachers, it would be pastors. I'd be like, well, I'm a social worker. I do this. No, like being a social worker is not as easy as talking to people. Like, let's be honest. And let, let's talk about that too, because I do want while we're on this subject, I want to talk about that too. Like when people minimize therapy, like therapy is not a talking thing. It is a technique. It is a resource. When you minimize therapy to just talking, you're, you're minimizing the whole industry because a lot of us go through a lot of training. And even though I've decided not to go to clinical route, which we'll definitely talk about that, I'm still a resource and I'm still able to use certain techniques to help people be able to figure out their triggers. And a lot of times people don't understand that. I tell my therapist all the time, I don't need to talk. I have friends for that. But I also tell my friends, like, there are certain things I cannot talk to you about that I have a professional that is working with me. And the terminology is different. My therapist is working with me, working through it with me, where my, whereas my friend is talking it through with me, okay? Because my friends and my family are not professionals, and they are not meant to take on everything that I'm going through, okay? Because as a woman in this weird day and age. I mean, women, we have a lot of history and backlash in this country. And I mean, and for other countries too. Um, I, I speak on my own experiences, but being a woman, owning my own businesses, I mean, y'all, to be honest, ever since owning my own property, let's just say that, and dealing with these men, these contractors, these inspectors, these professional older men who look at you like you're too young and you, there's no possible way that you're educated enough to be able to do this. Like, 
I'm not even doing this and I'm in my 50s or 60s and you're 30. Like, there's no possible way. Like, how did you get here? Being looked at because I look like a little girl and not a grown woman that I am. Being looked at because I don't dress in suits. Being looked at because I have curly hair. We go through so much stuff in that sense. So being able to speak up as a woman and as a social worker and being like, look, I'm here. I'm not going where I'm not the one to dismiss and I'm going to continue to advocate. It's definitely hard. It's definitely easy to get burnt out in this day and age being a woman and being a social worker. But I'm in the best city, y'all. 314 day. Yes, all my St. Louis folks. I'm so excited. I did. So last week was actually my one year being back in St. Louis. It was I knew I had to be back. I love St. Louis. I It will always hold a special heart, a special place in my heart for me because St. Louis has so many dope people. We have so much, so much stuff going on. And honestly, like we do get a bad rep. But again, with that advocacy, like I put on for St. Louis, like not just me, like they, we got some dope people, y'all. So when we come back, we're going to finish the conversation on social work and what that looks like. So come back. Welcome back to the Healer She Got Faith show. It is Lily. You are listening to us on Total Entertainment Radio. Okay, y'all, today's episode is just so personal because I'm really giving y'all a enter into my life. And, you know, there might be some people that listen to this and it's like, you're really crazy. There might be other social workers that are like, I've never experience that there might be other people that are like girl you just complaining and the thing about it is I don't care <laughs> I don't care because it's my story and it is what I'm doing and it's what I'm speaking on and you know I'm a big fan of like take what resonates you take what doesn't I'm a big fan of like if you don't like what I'm saying you don't have to listen to it. it's perfectly fine that you don't I'm okay with that <laughs> um but I do think that it, it, these are things that need to be discussed. One, I love St. Louis. And with it being 314 Day, I want to put on for my city. I want you all to know that St. Louis is one of the best cities in the world. I will stand on it. I don't care what the media has told you. I don't care what anybody else has told you. St. Louis is that deal. And we will always be that deal, period, okay? Um, being a social worker is amazing. Being a social worker is amazing. It is one of the best things that I've ever been able to do. I am so happy that God chose me to be a social worker. I'm so happy that this is my passion and this is everything that is supposed to be. I'm extremely excited about that. Um, and then being a woman, y'all, like I, I do like being a woman. I've learned a lot about the woman body. I've learned a lot about the woman autonomy. And honestly, as I've gotten older, I've just I've just learned to, to learn more about my body because unfortunately, like health class didn't teach me things about my body. I understand my menstrual cycle a lot more now. I understand what my body does. I don't know if I'll ever have kids, but it is amazing to figure out like what your body does when it becomes pregnant. 
And to be a woman and to be looked at as weak, no. I've had nothing but strong women in my life. And my mother was such a powerful woman. My aunts have always been powerful women. The women in my life have saved my life. Let's just begin there. I love men too, y'all. Don't get me wrong. And I will have an episode dedicated to men because I do believe that men do need more resource, resources and do need like just more hugs. But today, this month is about Women's History Month. And honestly, going through what I've been going through in the last couple of years with just some of the things dealing with older men. I mean, yeah, I've I've had it to where I've had contractors in my house working on my house, knowing that I don't have a man in the house, knowing that my father is dead and just treating me how they think they can treat me because they feel like a man won't pop up. Now, what they don't know is I got a lot of brothers, um, whether they be blood or not. I got one blood brother, but I have a lot of brothers. I have a lot of men that will pop up for me. So don't ever get it twisted. Like I'm definitely protected in this sense. I have four nephews. Like stop playing with me. I have some of the best guy friends that you could ever ask for. Like, let's just be completely honest, y'all. So with that being said, it is one of them things where I do feel that I do have to speak on it. And I do feel that I have to come up here and really just tell y'all like what it is and what it ain't. Okay. So Let's, talk, let's let's go back into social work. So a lot of people always ask me if I'm going to be clinical. So clinical is where you decide that you want to have your own private practice. Typically, you can diagnose people. You have access to um, medicines. You have access to working and working with people and diagnosing them. That has never interested me. I've never wanted to be like a one-on-one social worker. I've never wanted a private practice. And let me just say this. If I were to have a private practice, I would definitely hire a clinical social worker to work with me to have that or just another therapist or another like psychologist because you don't have to be a social worker to get a therapy license You do have like public health professionals, you have psychologists, you have sociologists, you have people who just go back to school, go back to get their master's and doctors in like marriage and family therapy. So you do have people that are not necessarily social work background, but they have other things that lead them to being in the therapy industry, which is phenomenal. So I would hire that. However, I was just never interested. And part of that was because I did almost six years in undergrad. um, And that was my bachelor's of science in social work. And then I did two years in my master's level course, which I just didn't have a typical experience in either one of those degrees. So I'm kind of a little against school and being in school longer than I need to be. With that being said, um, I really didn't learn about the license master of social work, which is a general license that um, it really doesn't make sense. And each state is different, too. So that's the other thing about social work. Each state is different. Um, one state might require you to have an LMSW. Another state may not. Uh, other states only have the license clinical, which is the LCMSW other states don't. It really just depends on where you're at. It depends on your states, which this is why when you're becoming a social worker, they need to teach you how to investigate laws and know how to read laws because we deal a lot with the law, whether it's with our personal 
journey or with our clients journeys okay so if you are an up-and-coming social worker make sure when you're in these programs you're advocating for them to teach us these things to, to teach a, to have a law class like we should at least have one or two law classes in our curriculum because we need to be able to work with it like we will be working with the law for the rest of our career so um, I decided to go to New York after my mom had died because one, that's where my family is from. I was the only child of my parents who did not live in New York. I just needed to get away from St. Louis for a little bit. I just knew too many people. Too many people were dependent on me. I needed to heal. And also too, like I didn't have either one of my parents. So I wanted to go to where they were from to kind of do some investigation um, of myself. That was part of my healing journey. While I was there, I decided to take the LMSW test. I failed the first time by four points and the second time by two points. I honestly did not know about the LMSW until my last semester of grad school. Throughout my whole program, I never had got talked to about the licensure. I never even understood exactly what it was. Honestly, in the state of Missouri, you don't need to have a license to be a social worker. So honestly, everybody was telling me, like, you don't need it. Like, it's there, but you don't need it. So therefore, nobody ever spoke to me. The final semester came, and I was offered this course that was pretty much like, um, you can come study. We'll help you register for the test. We'll help you get it away. So a lot of people think with a social work test, it's like the ACT, where you could just sign up and just pop up on your chosen day. Absolutely not. There are so many fees and paperwork that you have to do to, and then also you have to complete and turn in. It takes about six weeks to re to just register for the test, okay? And even in those six weeks, you're not even eligible to pick a date. Like, they have to make sure everything is in line. So, and then also, too, it depends on your state. So, each state is different. What I learned is the social work industry in New York was much different than the social work industry in Missouri. So in New York, social workers have a lot of respect. Their whole system is different. Their curriculum is different. They have a lot of respect for social workers. In Missouri, it's a little different. Um, yeah, it's different. It's a lot of different. <laughs> Everything looked different. And... Uh, <laughs> while I was in Missouri, I was okay with where I was because I didn't need all these extra credentials because Missouri just doesn't, um, require that, which when you think about the systems, a lot of it makes sense. And then you go to a place like New York where they do require the credentials and you're like, this is ridiculous, but you also see how they love social workers differently. So I was able to experience that and had a lot of things. I ended up going to the National Association of Social Work workshop to do a study session for this test. So they do it like every month. Um, they have a workshop. You get a textbook. They go through questions. They kind of teach you how to take the test. So I was taking it. So I was doing that. But the, I learned that they changed the LMSW every five years. So they changed the curriculum. They update it, make it more relevant. And so I had just missed the mark. So um, it was updated in 2018. I think I took the workshop in maybe 2019, maybe 2020, something like that. So I was like, okay, cool. So what I learned was the LMSW had a lot of clinical questions on there, which in the curriculum that I took, I've never had a medical social work 
class. It just didn't exist. I think maybe one time I took a health and social work, but all I really did in that class was read books. It, it didn't teach me acronyms. It didn't teach me about medicine. It didn't teach me any of that. The knowledge I have of like medical needs and social work is very, very basic. Like I know about the anxiety medicines. I know about the depression medicines. I know about like anxiety and depression symptoms. I know a little bit about the narcissistic diagnosis. Um, very little. But what I know, you could probably go on Google and find out the exact same stuff. Okay. So I didn't really have that experience. So, and I asked this while I was at this workshop, because this is the National Association of Social Workers, while I was at the workshop, I was like, so what's really the point of having the LMSW and the LCMSW? Because what it sounds like is the LMSW is mimicking the LCMSW. But the difference when you do the clinical test, you have to have hours. So you have to have a certain amount of hours of supervision to even be able to consider clinical. Now, me, what I learned, which was the biggest turnoff for me, was if you don't have a job that is able to supervise you, then you are paying somebody to supervise you under their supervision. First of all, we're social workers. We don't have money for that. Like, why would I do that? So I'm doing these free practicums. I'm doing this free stuff. I'm doing all these courses. I still got to keep up with uh, my educational aspect. And then I have to pay somebody to supervise me? Absolutely not. That's what I'm not going to do. I have spent so much time and energy and money in this social, just getting social work credentials that even when I'm done, y'all still telling me I'm not done? Absolutely not. That's not going to work for me. So I, I talked to a lot of social workers about what I wanted to do. And in the state of Missouri, what I wanted to do as far as like community social work, I was pretty much okay. When I wasn't okay was when I moved to New York thinking I would have the same, like having the same expectations, which obviously that worked out pretty differently. So it was a learning curve. It was a lot. It made me more passionate about advocating for social workers and advocate, especially advocating for like black and brown social workers and indigenous because there are studies that say that black and brown students and social workers are not passing these tests such compared to these male and female white counterparts who are taking the test and passing them on the first on the first try. Which is also, too, when you take the test, it's just a very different test. And I've heard that, like, um, doctors and lawyers and how you say that? Opticians, our people, they have very similar tests than what social workers take. But also, too, in a degree, it's just not fair because it can be different depending on state to state. Like, I took my test in New York, but Missouri definitely did not prepare me. But also, too... There was just a lot that I didn't know. And there will always be gaps because social work is so broad, which is okay to have gaps. But when you have multiple big gaps, that makes a difference in the test. So with that being said, I definitely chose to just go the community route. I don't know if I'll ever take the test again. I took it twice. Like I said, I, the last time I took it, I failed by two points, which is disappointing. I feel like I can, I can fail with 20 points and that makes sense. But two? And then I got to redo it. And now I'm in Missouri. So I definitely have to go through the whole process again. Will will I do it? If I pop up with a license, then y'all know the answer. But as of right now, no, absolutely not. 
but we will see. We will see what that looks like. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we're going to finish up. Welcome back to the Healing She Got Faith show. It is Lily, your self-love advocate. I really hope that y'all have been enjoying this conversation of social work. I am extremely excited about being able to have this platform and being able to talk about it. And I will have um, a couple guests this month. So, and we will have one who is a social worker. Uh, and the other, the other group will be it's actually a philanthropist group, and I can't wait for y'all to hear theirs. And But um, they're coming on more so to celebrate Women History Month because they're definitely making some strides. But I'm ex these last two episodes have been extremely different than what I'm talking about because I usually talk about healing. I usually talk about being able to embrace your story. I usually talk about just having the mindset to be able to do things and the mindset to be able to know your worth. But this I'm actually talking about my professional journey and I'm actually talking about why I chose and why I do the things that I do and why, why I'm so passionate about certain things, which I think that's a different side that most people don't get to know about me because I'm definitely more of a personal, authentic. I don't really talk about my professional life. I don't really talk about my love life. I don't really talk about like just other things that I go through because one, it is hard. Two, it's hard for me to explain. And three, people just have their own opinions. And I'm just at a place in life where I'm just like, yo, you're not even listening. So mm, should I continue to talk? But as I go on Instagram and I follow a lot of social workers, and especially now, I'm following a lot of like male social workers and black male social workers. But also, too, I'm finding a lot of licensed clinical black women social workers, which I love. I'm still trying to tap into the indigenous social workers. Like I really, I'm very intrigued about indigenous social workers, male and female and what that looks like. But from what I found, it, it's phenomenal. So like tapping into that, really getting to know those, um, those social workers and really being able to understand it. I am a huge advocate for it because even even these education systems haven't really supported, have, haven't supported black and brown indigenous social workers by any means, okay? The systems are very much racist and very much just one-sided. And so with that being said, it's just one of those things where I do have a platform and I do want to speak on it and I do want to talk to other social workers. But I think for this, for these episodes, I think you all really needed to understand where I was coming from and why I do what I do and why I'm so passionate. And I wanted you all to understand social work from how I understand it and from my point of view and my perspective and what I'm doing to advocate and what I'm doing to help out with that. I think it's important to start with yourself and I think it's important to really know like what it is and what it ain't okay <laughs> so i i really do hope that you have enjoyed these episodes and i really do hope they're very educational and engaging and fun i do try to make the these type of episodes more fun 
because sometimes it could just feel like I'm talking to you and I'm teaching you and it might feel like a teacher student type of environment. And that's not what I'm trying to create. What I really hope that you do is I hope that you go on Instagram after listening to this episode or maybe even while you're on this episode and you find social workers and you start looking it up and you start to see what I'm talking about and you put two and two together. What I'm really hoping is you find an organization to be part of and to support and to show what it is that you're doing. You know, being a social worker hasn't been easy. Being a woman in business hasn't been easy. Being in St. Louis and the stuff that we've gone through, the police brutality, the murders of all these black men and women has not been easy. And when you have a heart to really see your community thrive and the systems are so against them that it almost feels impossible, but you live in a state that blames you for everything. Like people don't understand, like Missouri does not believe in helping people. Like we have ridiculous laws set up in this state that really hurt people. And the rich in the country and the boot hill makes it known that like they do not care about you. I went to school in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and that is like the worst place on earth, y'all. And for me to say that, because I love everybody and I thoroughly enjoy anywhere I go, I would probably never go back to Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Like maybe if SEMO asked me, so SEMO is the school I got my bachelor's of social work from. But maybe if they were ever asked me to be a keynote speaker. But I mean, like when Trump went on tour, like Trump really went to SEMO and, and did a speech there. And these people went freaking crazy. Like, come on now. Like, that's who y'all excited to see. And don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be political. But just because I like I don't like Trump don't mean I like Sleepy Joe either. So let, let me just say that out there. Like, they both is trash. Okay. Matter of fact, the whole Democratic, Republican, conservative, liberal system is trash, okay? That is a conversation that we can have another day, but please don't get it twisted and be like, oh, she she a Trump hater, she did a... No, 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 I, I hate the whole system, okay? It, it all needs to be abolished, in my opinion, which is another reason why I'm in social work, because things like that need to be discussed, things like that need to be brought up, but... I say all that to say, like, Cape Girardeau did a lot of damaging things. Like, when Mike Brown was murdered, oh, those people show their true colors. Oh, they made it be known that, like, Mike Brown deserved to die. They made it be known that he shouldn't have been that big and intimidating a police officer. Like, what? What? He was a child at the end of the day. Like, Mike Brown was 18. Dylan Roof was 17. There wasn't any difference. Y'all sat up here and said Dylan Roof was a child. No, that was a grown man. But then sat up here and said Mike Brown was an adult. Absolutely not. The only difference between those two is that Dylan Roof was white and Mike Brown was black. Let's be completely honest when it comes to that. So, yeah. I say all that to say... um, there are systems in Missouri that just needs to be fixed. And I always say St. Louis is not part of Missouri. We're kind of our own thing. <laughs> um, but I'm St. Louis till I die, y'all. And I will, I will be here and I will advocate. And honestly, like, I love my city. I don't love the rest of Missouri, but I love my city. And I will definitely go hard for them. So we're going to take one last break. And when we come back, we're going to go over our housekeeping. So come back.
Welcome back to the Healing She Got Faith show. I'm so sad. It's the last few minutes of the show. Um, so a couple housekeepings that I want you all to know. The Healing She Got Faith blog is back. We release every Wednesday at 6 p.m. I'm lying. At 3 p.m. Central. I don't know why I said 6 p.m. But yeah, so Healing She Got Faith blog is back every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Um, you can go to healingshegotfaith.org slash blog. Make sure it's all over the place. Otherwise, it's going to send you to this link that says it doesn't work. You can also check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We, we will be launching some new programs coming up. So in the month of April, we, we will be starting a book club. It will be an in-person and virtual option. The book club will go over the book bundle. We will meet every Tuesday in the month of April. Uh, April makes two years that Healing She Got Faith has been alive. So in honor of that, we will be doing a book club going over. Everyone has a story. If you have already bought the book bundle, the book club is only $15. If you did not buy the book bundle and you would like to purchase it, it is $45. And so be on the lookout. You will be able to go on HealingSheGotFaith.org and be able to reserve your spot. Also, to be on the lookout for the calendar on HealingSheGotFaith.org because, again, we will be releasing some grief groups and community programs really soon, especially for the summertime because we want to keep people engaged. So definitely be on the lookout for that. If you are in St. Louis, and even if you're not in St. Louis, my family has opened up a dog store in our mall, the St. Louis Galleria. It is right across from the Apple Store. We are still taking doggy donations, but also to Please feel free to walk around and purchase some stuff for your four-legged kids. We have a lot of stuff. We have some vegan options. We have snacks. We have some doggy wine and beer. And yes, my dogs do drink that. We also have some CBD snacks, which if you're into that, we have that. But we have beds. We have leashes. We have, what's it called, harnesses. Um, we also have a photographer, a pet photographer that did a phenomenal job with all of our dogs, which the day she took pictures, we had over 20 dogs there. So that was fun. She's a phenomenal at that. So yeah, I will have all of this in the show notes. Happy 314 day to everybody in St. Louis. And if you're not from St. Louis, get with the program. It's definitely 314 day. Happy Women's History Month. I hope I'm sending my love to all the women out there. And a happy social work month to all the social workers everywhere. I love y'all. Always remember to love you the way you love the world. I am your self-love advocate, Lily. She got faith. Founder of Healing She Got Faith. And, of course, the host of the Healing She Got Faith faith radio talk show only on total entertainment radio all right y'all have a great rest of your monday bye love you
Oh, 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 oh,